0: Stories online. There's a lot of things that go through one's mind when they're having surgery. I mean, surgery is, has its inherent risks to it. Even the most minor of surgeries holds somewhat of, of a risk, and it can be scary. I mean, it, it makes you think about your mortality when you have to be operated on. I've, I've had surgery once, and I'll admit, it was scary. Um, I you know I never had it in my life, but it makes you think when you're going under, okay, <laughs> let's hope everything goes good, um, but it certainly brings those, those things, uh, to the top of your mind. Something that doesn't necessarily come to the top of your mind when you're going for surgery is, well, what's going to follow me back after this, you just more so focused on your health and getting better, but not necessarily, is this going to open me up to some sort of unseen or dark force that's trying to ruin my life? Or attached to me? That's that's usually not one of the things on the checklist before surgery that you go through. In our next story, that is precisely what one person goes through. One man has surgery, comes out of it, and afterwards consistently begins to start experience and feel dark entities dark energies and things that he can't explain and no one can really explain for that matter what are they and why are they plaguing him in this way that's the question take a listen Hi there. I love your show. I live in the UK. I'm 27. And up until now, my life has been ghost free. My daughter sees a lot of stuff. She does not open up much to me about it. But when she does, I tend to dismiss it. Therefore, I cannot believe I am resorting to your podcast for advice because up until last year, you'd not have caught me dead listening to a ghost podcast. This is how desperate I am, though. Eight months ago, I had an operation on both my legs because the doctors found that my muscles were in constant spasm and could not relax properly. I was gutted because I like to do a bit of boxing and go to the gym, but was told that I had to rest up and use my crutches for at least eight weeks. During that time and being off work, I flew off to the U.S. for three months with my kids and girlfriend. Boston, New York City, Vegas, it was one hell of a trip and one hell of a wedge of cash spent. I've been back around a month and my legs had healed fine. The operation came in two parts, so I was due another operation on them in about the next two weeks. During the buildup, me and my girlfriend split up and she moved out of our three-bedroom home we had shared for seven years and into an apartment about five minutes down the road. The kids went with her, except one. She wanted to stay with her daddy, which I was happy about. We spent alternate days with the kids whom I love and I cannot see enough of them. They are my world. The morning of my operation arrived, the kids were with their mom and I was starving from lack of food after being told I was not allowed to eat before the operation. Everything felt fine as I was led down the theater later that afternoon and given the anesthetic to put me to sleep. Ever since then, my life has changed completely. I woke up flat on my back on the hospital ward staring at the ceiling. It was dark and everywhere was deadly quiet. I sat the top half of my body up slightly still feeling drowsy and saw my legs were bandaged up. The curtains around my bed were closed except a small gap straight ahead about five inches wide allowing me to see across the ward to the opposite bed which was unoccupied. The quarter lights were on outside the room, and I could make out a shadowy blob of some sort of thing hiding under the bed opposite. I was interrupted by the sound of footsteps from what I thought was a nurse making her way down the corridor. They got louder and louder, then entered the room. I could not see her as the curtains were drawn, and she was not visible through the gap. As the footsteps got louder, I could tell she was coming to check on me. Just then, one side of the curtain was ripped open very quickly, and I expected her to walk in, but no one was there. The footsteps had stopped and there was no nurse. I sat further up, feeling confused, and tried to peer further round the now open curtain, but nothing. I faked a cough to make sure I was not just imagining things in hopes that she'd hear it and peer her head round the corner, but no one did. I lay back down, feeling slightly freaked out, and adjusted my head on the pillow to get comfy, and as I did, I caught a glimpse of the bed opposite, It caught my eye as there was that black figure crouching on the bed staring at me. The figure was human-shaped but very skinny-looking and had dark, red eyes. I immediately froze in fear and stared at the figure staring at me. Never once moved and neither did I. I suddenly felt a huge amount of pressure on my legs as though someone was sitting on them. Turning my attention to my legs, I bolted up in the bed and felt the pressure lift. I was sweating violently. I looked back up at the opposite bed and the figure was gone. My legs felt like they were on fire. I sat up in the bed for around another ten minutes before I heard more footsteps, but this time a nurse came in smiling at me as though everything was normal. She gave me a dose of painkillers and insisted I get more sleep. I did not tell her what I had seen. Instead, I just waited for her to leave, then followed her instructions. That morning I woke up feeling fine. I told myself it must have been because I was still coming around from the anesthetic and was just seeing things in my head. But the kids came to visit me that afternoon with my mom. Millie sat on a chair at the end of the bed, looking very pale and being incredibly quiet. However, the other two were fine. Normally, Millie is forever hugging and kissing me and wanting to play, but she sat and stared at her shoes the whole time. Then mithered my mom if they could go home because she didn't like it in the room. I asked her what was wrong, but she just shrugged her shoulders and told me she doesn't like hospitals, which is reasonable. Millie spent most of 2008 having treatment for leukemia. So I left it at that and did not ask any more questions. I stayed in the hospital for a further two more nights without any strange things happening, so I was positive the experience I had had the other night was down to the anesthetic causing me to hallucinate. I was glad when they said I could go home. During my first day back, it was hard work. I was not supposed to walk or use my legs much. If I needed to, then I was to use the crutches they had given me. I thought it would be easy, but every single time I got up to do something, my legs would become very, very painful. One of my brothers stayed over that night, and we sat downstairs for most of it and had a few drinks and smokes. I was allowed to drink on the medication I was taking as long as I didn't overdo it. My daughter was in bed upstairs asleep. It was around 10.30 p.m., I got up to go for a cigarette outside with my brother and was standing at the front door. Stairs to my house are slightly to the right of the front door so you can see the top landing and the top half of the stairs. I turned to make sure the dogs are not about to escape out of the front door when I casually glanced to the top of the stairs and saw a pair of legs dangling from the ceiling at the top as if someone was hung there. As their body was out of view because the ceiling of the downstairs hallway The legs were swinging from side to side, and they were child's legs. I could see they had long, white socks pulled up to the knee, as though it was a child in a school uniform. Reality kicked in as I realized it was my daughter's legs. She was hanging from the ceiling. I quickly stumbled to the foot of the stairs, panicking, leaving my brother standing outside looking confused. He quickly followed, worried something was wrong, and when I looked to the top of the stairs, there was nothing there. I was sweating badly, and my heart was pounding against my chest. He kept asking me what was wrong and I could not catch my breath to tell him. So I started to point to the top of the stairs like an insane person and eventually sputtered out my daughter's name. Noticing something was not right, he gave me a funny look and told me he would go and check on her. I made my way to the front door and sat on the doorstep feeling sick and physically shaking. He came back down and told me she was sleeping in bed and asked if I felt okay. All I could do was nod at him. The first three weeks were the worst. I continued to see and hear things around the house. It became worse at night, and I started to wake up around 3 a.m. to loud screeching noises as though someone was scraping their fingernails down a blackboard. As soon as I woke up, the noise would stop, and there were a few times I saw something or someone standing at the edge of my bed. got up a few times to turn the light on to see there was nothing there, but the room had rapidly increased in temperature even though it was autumn and winter and the heat would make me feel faint near enough to pass out one night i was violently sick after witnessing the figure standing at the ed at the end of my bed again i saw many things after my operation and it became a, became a habit at night waking up at 3 a.m i'm still constantly seeing random figures around my house and a lot of unexpected guests keep turning up whenever they please I confided a female family friend after three weeks of misery and told her everything. She explained about the so-called witching hour at 3 a.m. and thinks it's not my medication making me crazy, but that I am being haunted by some sort of presence, which appears to have attached itself to me during my operation when I was under anesthetic and vulnerable. She didn't seem to hesitate when telling me this because she said she knew that's what it was and that she could feel it around me. She kept track my own behavior for two weeks noticing i was becoming ill and exhausted a week after telling her things got worse she had sent me a text one night to see how i was and i replied with an update of what had happened in the past 24 hours and sent it to her phone she received the text almost straight away to find that all the text had been replaced with a full page of jumbled letters as though i'd let my fingers type any old rubbish She also began to feel as though she was being physically pushed back out the front door when she tried to enter my house. It became clear this entity did not like her. One night while my daughter was staying out at a friend's, I heard banging coming from upstairs. I got up to find all her DVDs had been thrown off her shelf in her room out into the landing. It was the first time anything had been physically moved since the incident in the hospital with the curtain. I started to spend a lot of time out of the house and in the pub with my mates, but knowing nothing of what was happening. They began to comment on how ill I was looking recently. I told them I had just felt funny since my operation and left it at that. I didn't want anyone to know what was going on. But there was one person I could not hide it from. Millie, my nine-year-old daughter. She came up to me while I was sitting there like a zombie at the kitchen table, thinking about the past month in my head. She stood in front of me and wrapped her arms around me, and I cuddled her back. Although she did not say anything, I know she was telling me that everything was okay. As soon as she let go, she skipped off outside to go and play, and I felt a strong positive energy building up inside of me. I suddenly felt hungry, and the urge to eat was too hard to fight. I felt like this whole weekend Millie was there, and I did not even wake up in the early hours to the loud noises or figures. After she went home on Sunday, I became anxious and I could feel my body slowly deflating itself of all its energy. I was wide awake at 3 a.m. Monday morning. I lay there for an hour, daring myself to not open my eyes. I told myself it was all in my head and eventually went back to sleep. The helpful family friend suggested I stay positive and not respond to anything I may see or hear around me. It was hard to just ignore it. She gave me the number for a bloke who operates a type of ghost hunting UFO business. I laughed when she told me as the idea of anyone who would think about doing that type of work must be crazier than I was. He had a website that she gave me to address uh, the, and the address so I could read up on what he was all about. Turns out he's worked with many cases such as mine and has helped to get rid of many spirits in the area. I'm still unsure whether to contact him, but he is probably my only hope now. I just feel a draft calling someone and telling them my story. I thought Ghostbusters was just a film. I just recently started to sleepwalk. Two nights ago, I woke up standing in front of the front door holding a screwdriver in my hand. I've never sleptwalked in my life. Maybe I'm just tripping. Who knows? But I have been off the medication for a month now and things are still bad. I've tried taking pictures but have no evidence yet. The only thing I have is a voice recording I did on my phone while... I was recording my African great parrot talking to himself. I can hear whispers on it, as though someone is talking to me. I Bluetoothed it to my computer, so I had a better chance of hearing things, but cannot make out what is being said. I've noticed that when Millie's around things, things seem to die down. It's as though whatever is around me feels threatened by her. She'll not tell me much about her experiences, because in the past, when I did not believe in all this... I used to tell her it was all in her head. I've not told many people about what's going on because I don't want people to think I'm going insane. I have someone out there, hears this and has an understanding of what I'm going through, and maybe I'll make them feel not so alone. Ghost stories online. Want a commercial free experience of the show with access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories? Sign up at Apple Podcast right now and try it for three days free. GhostPodcast.com or Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Parts.